Moving Forward Together is dedicated to the art of dance. Through interviews with professional dancers, choreographers, and educators, we guide young artists while exploring our craft. I am Madison Hicks, and this is episode eight, interviewing Spencer Theberg, former dancer with Netherlands Dance Theater and the Forsyth Company, current freelance choreographer based in Los Angeles, and faculty member at California Institute of the Arts. We hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to Moving Forward Together. I'm so excited to have you here with us today, this special guest. Everyone listening, this is the amazing Spencer Theberg, um, creator, educator, dancer, all of the above. So we're just going to hop on in because I want them to hear all about you. So let's start with telling me a bit about yourself and what you're doing currently um, in this crazy time. <laughs> Any yep. exciting projects coming up? I love that it, uh, it's like, yeah, currently I'm homebound, uh, <laughs> just like everybody else. Um, current, but in a broader sense, currently I am on faculty at CalArts, which has been really fun because Maddie and I, we've gotten to find each other again in a different context after many years. Um, living in L.A. with my partner Jermaine Spivey and making work together. He and I create performance work. Um that's rooted in improvisation and uh, dance for sure, but it was really interdisciplinary and collaborative. So um, we're always trying to figure out different ways and different states of performing in. Um, we had a few projects lined up through the summer of performing old works and creating new ones that of course got shifted. And so we're thinking about, you know, reimagining different ways of um, performing, what that can look like if we want to only engage with that digitally and virtually, or if there's a way we want to reimagine live performance. So nothing, nothing concrete yet, but definitely um, some things that are in process that we're excited about. Because um, maybe, you know, maybe we'll learn something and feel like this is a great way we want to continue going. Um, that tends to be our style anyway. So we're excited. Amazing. Incredible. Um, so tell me a bit about your journey and how you got to where you are now. How did working with amazing companies like Forsyth and NTT prepare you for making work? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because I think that, you know, when you're when you look back in hindsight, it's like, of course, it went in that way. But I remember living, living um, these different experiences at the time and especially the transition between experiences. You feel so unsure and destabilized and um, yeah, a lot of doubt in terms of like, is this the right thing to do or or um, or whatever, and then you look back and you realize, yeah, that was that all fit together, and it taught me exactly what I needed to learn. Um, I went to Juilliard for my for my bachelor's degree, and then I graduated uh, from Juilliard and went straight to NDT two Netherlands Dance Theater, the second company, which is, if you're unfamiliar, it's a rep company um, based in Holland and. When I say rep, I mean like underlined rep. You you learn probably 20 pieces a year, um, performing performing that many, sometimes more because you're performing things from years before sometimes, um, just constantly bouncing between many different things. Um, it's so exciting when you feel 
especially as a young dancer, that urge to try on a million different things and find yourself in a million different styles. Um, lots of touring back when we could tour. It was really a special time. I went into, I was promoted and I joined NDT1. And somewhere around my last year in NDT2 and my first year in NDT1, I actually started to realize that it was the buffet sort of thing that I wasn't interested in anymore. I wanted to really dig deeper and specify in one approach or one style. I wanted to, I wanted to grow with, with one person's work. So um, William Forsythe and I actually met when I was a student at Juilliard through a mutual friend, which was this crazy um, set of coincidences and circumstances. Um, so I would visit sometimes while I was living in Holland and I had friends who danced for the company, just started to build a relationship and just loved watching the way they worked. I would sit in on rehearsals and I was so inspired by, first of all, the autonomy, the um, how the dancers had such agency over their experience and they were really their own people working in the space, but Bill curates and leads and guides, but you really are, I had this, I had the feeling watching that you're really uncovering your process and your work. Um, and it's, of course, especially at that point, it was um, almost all improvisational. Um, so this was a form and a way of working that I hadn't spent a lot of time with, so I was really curious about it. I left NDT with no plan. Jermaine and I moved to Frankfurt, like, to see what would happen. Um, we got a freelance visa so we could stay in Europe, and we just spent time with the company, and at the end of a month of spending time in Frankfurt, two dancers in the company happened to get injured. We had been there um, learning on the side, spending time in the rehearsal process, and it was just one of those things where he said, do you know it? And we said, yeah, and he said, okay, do the shows. And we did the shows, and that's how we got into the company. Um, so it's just a reminder out there, uh, you never know, and uh, your time is so meaningful, and investing your time is just as important as investing your money or investing in a, in a job, right? It's really, um, you never know. So we got to spend the last two, com or last two years of the company um, there in Frankfurt, just soaking up as much as we could until the company closed at the end of 2015. We spent like two years nomadically floating around doing projects, not based anywhere. And then we decided we wanted to live in LA because we've never lived in the sunshine before. We picked it here and then we realized how much we loved it. Um, I think it's a great place to be if you're interested in making work because um, some of the other places I've lived, there's just a little bit more, um, people hold on to their piece of the pie a little bit more tightly and here there just seems to be a little more in between space. Um, seems like or it feels like in relationship to other places that might not be what everybody feels here but it felt like that to us um we moved here started making work started teaching um and have been building that kind of experience ever since amazing that was incredible thank you how is speaking of your partner um how is partnering and collaborating with jermaine do you guys have a system that works well for you i know you yeah. talk a lot about improv but yeah what's the creative process like collaborating that thank you for that question and i feel like we've been speaking a lot about collaboration in this time 
um, in this, especially in this quarantine time. Um, I think it's on our minds because of the like forced 100% together time. <laughs> Jermaine is a dancer with Kid Pivot, so for a lot of the year he's on tour. Um, so we've always had this interesting like um, relationship with time where he's here and we're together like 100% and then he goes away and we're like long distance for months at a time. Um, and now we're just just together. And um, that is what we're what we want and it's always been what we're working towards. But of course it's always interesting to just sort of like switch a switch and then be in that mode um, instantly. And I think it is a collaboration in all senses like you're collaborating when you have a small space and you have to share the teaching, the, whatever you're using as your teaching space, you have to share that space. You have to share your living space. You have to share your kitchen space and you have to share your, your professional time. Um, there's a lot of compromise and a lot of, um, yeah, collaboration, I think is the perfect word for it. But we've been practicing that for many years now. And the thing that always comes to mind is that whenever we make work together, there's a point in the process when we feel like we need to stop doing this. It's not, it's too hard. It's too hard to try to satisfy both of us. Um, and then we finish the experience and we look back and we think like, this is the only way to make work. So it's this funny thing where I think what we love about collaborating is that it ensures conflict, actually. It, you, you guarantee that you're going to butt heads because there's somebody else with a different point of view, a different perspective, who's going to have needs um, that are sometimes are in line with your needs and at other times are against your needs. And you have to figure out how to get through the conflict or make use of the conflict um, for the sake of the work that you want to make. So Jermaine and I decided early on that we wanted to embrace conflict and we always want to welcome that into our work also thematically um we both love theater and there's this idea that in theater theater doesn't exist unless there's conflict there's no story if there's no conflict otherwise everybody agrees and it's very boring mm -hmm. right you have to have conflict in order to advance the story so we want we want to include that, and what happens is you kind of live it in real life. And you're sort of living the thing that you're trying to value in your artwork. Um, so I, I can't say that it's easy, but I can say that I really value it. And I um, just try to pay attention to it as it's happening and remember that it is um, purposeful, it's important, and that that it's worth it in order to help us um, create work that's different than the work I would create on my own or the work that Jermaine would create on his own. The work we create together is different because it's a blend of us. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Stunning. Um, so, I love this question. <laughs> you are a man yeah. of many roles, teacher, choreographer, mentor, performer, collaborator. Uh -huh. um, what are the different principles you hold in these roles, and how do these roles differ from being a student? Yes, such a good question. I was, I was thinking about this one earlier. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think the way 
the way that I feel about that right now, and I think what's important to acknowledge is that my relationship to like to roles, you know, has changed over the years. And the way I would have answered this like last year or five years ago, I think would be different than the way that I would answer it now. But I'm gonna sort of answer by going through the second part of the question, which is how is it different from being a student? And I think my point of view is my point of view is that I I feel like the perspective of the student has been the thing that has sustained me through all these different roles and all these different experiences. I love being a student. Um, it excites me. It makes me feel really rich and full. And I learned early on in my professional experience that to satisfy myself, I needed to I needed to remind myself to be a student and to treat the experience like I'm still learning and still trying to absorb information and gain. And I think um, there have been times in my in my career where I felt like I'm supposed to be a professional now, or I felt like that's what was being asked mm -hmm. of me, like. Now you're not a student anymore. Now you're a professional and this means this. And I feel like that's about um, like closing doors and defining things and locking things in place. And that doesn't work for me. I, I'm looking for like permeability, you know, things that feel fluid, things that feel like they can transform and rearrange and modulate and when I feel like that's happening, that's when I feel most receptive and most expansive and most like um, excited about the work that I'm doing. I hope this is making some kind of sense. What I feel like I mean is that um, the way that I understand it now is that learning and and like work, the capital W work, like the work that we're doing in this field, it doesn't end and it's never done. Mm. And it's the pursuit of it that is the work, mm. like pursuing the information, pursuing the knowledge. You never arrive at the end of it and go check, now I know this, I'm not a student anymore, now I'm this. The work is, there's always more to learn. Mm. So. I just try to value that in my day-to-day -day and in, in my as I take on new roles and new experiences, I try to remember that it's still about learning, it's still about gaining information to expand understanding. Yeah. Amazing. You killed it. That was incredible. <laughs> just, um, beautiful. So you graduated from the Juilliard School and now um, a teacher at another prestigious art school, CalArts. Um, what do you think are the pros of getting a college dance degree and how has your experience been working in arts institutions? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm speaking from my lens of experience here and of course throughout everything I've been saying it's through my lens of experience um, and we all have a different point of view that we are approaching things from. Um, and in my experience, I loved college so much. I, I really, um, I loved the rigor. I loved the intensity. I loved the exhaustion. Um, I loved being immersed in dance. Um, 
it was it was special for me. It was also, um, you know, to speak more personally, it's also where I like discovered myself. It's where I um, it's where I started to understand um, how I identify and my orientation, and it's where I started to become, I think, the person that I am. So that period of time, I just hold really dearly in my in my heart. Um, I. And of course, I teach at, an, at a, um, a higher ed institution now, and I also really value that experience and really appreciate that. All that being said, I think that what's so important is to figure out what works for you, right? And I don't think that college is a must. I don't think it's a requirement in order to achieve the things you want to achieve in this field. Um, it makes some things easier, or it might open doors for you or connect you to some people that that create uh, more efficiency maybe in your path. But I don't think it's a requirement in the way that, like, it's a requirement for a doctor, right, or, or someone in a different field. Um, and part of the reason I say that is because it's so incredibly expensive. I don't think that it's um, fair, for us to require that dancers who are in a field um, we're not likely to make a lot of money in our careers. It's not fair to require that we spend a fortune in order to become uh, like valuable contributors to this field. So there's, I, I live this kind of juxtaposition in my life, right, of having loved college so much and um, and, and now teaching at a, a higher ed institute, but also feeling like we've got to find other ways and other paths and roads for people to achieve what they want in this field. I think it's really, really imperative. Otherwise, we lose, we lose talent and we lose interest and we lose valuable people who could help us advance this special form of art. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that very, um, I really believe that is what I mean. Amazing. I could, you could have said it better. Um, so our audience is pretty much a lot of high school and college students, a lot of um, students the ages that you teach right now, but I was wondering what advice you would like to give to the young dance community, um, people striving maybe to go to Europe like you did. Um, we could focus uh -huh. maybe on that um, end a little bit. Yeah. I... Um... I think what's what's important also as a young as a young dancer, um, if I could if I could talk to my younger self, I definitely would remind myself to not assume you know what you want to do already, because what I noticed what happened to me is I really I really had a clear vision for my life young like sixteen um, and. I would sort of write off certain classes or certain experiences, not that I would approach them with disrespect, but I just wouldn't absorb them in the same way because I thought this isn't really related to where I'm going or what I want to do. And that was unfortunate because 100% I had experiences later in life where I wished that I had paid a little bit more attention to those forms because I needed them. Or I changed my mind about what I what I wanted to do, and I wished that I had that I had that information readily available in my body a little bit more clearly. 
So first and foremost, to remind people that uh, you may know what you want to do right now, but that I guarantee you will change. And what serves you best is to be receptive, respectful, and absorb all the information that's coming at you and to be a seeker of information of all kinds because you just, you never know what might inform your body and what you might need later in life. Um, so that's thinking about it kind of broadly, but to specify, because I do think going to Europe in the way that I went to Europe, joining um, sort of a rep company kind of experience is a specific track. I think what's important about that is to really do your research. Um, look at how the company is training. Look at where the dancers uh, who are dancing for the, the companies you're interested in, look at where they came from and what kind of experiences they have. See what you are doing that's related to what they are doing and see what you might need to supplement your learning with in order to um, really align yourself with, with what they're working on. Becoming familiar with choreographers who are working in those institutions where are they working in the summers what kinds of like training programs can you engage with that give you access to a bit of that work so that it's familiar in your body when you go to audition later i think that it's very very possible to prepare yourself for the work without having worked in the company yet you just have to do your research which is more than flipping through YouTube channels and um, scrolling Instagram. You have to you have to do more work than that. You have to figure out the lineage of the work. You have to figure out how you can train in the in that work. You have to figure out where you can train in that work. It really takes effort. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, amazing, incredible advice. Um, Wow, we blasted through this. Last question. Um, like I know. Any goals for the future you'd like to share with us? Um, you have such a unique journey. Do you have anything next you would really like to focus on or where you see yourself going down this crazy virtual path? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, yeah thanks for that. I've had a lot, of, a lot of thoughts on my mind in this time, as I imagine we all have and um i have for sure have plans to continue creating and to continue to figure out and problem solve new ways of sharing and performing work that is definitely a goal um it's a goal of mine individually and also jermaine and i really intend to keep developing our work um but also i've i've just found um an even deeper appreciation and connection to teaching in this time. And I definitely feel focused on that right now. Um, in particular, in continuing to develop my understanding of the history of ballet, and ballet is something that I teach most often, um, the lineage of ballet, where it comes from, um, how to teach ballet now um, with an anti-racist approach, with inclusivity, um, thinking about how to, yeah, what is, I, what is my role in passing on this information and ensuring that this information from this technique that I love is inviting all kinds of people and welcoming all kinds of people into this experience. Um, that feels very important to me now, and I think that that's something that can happen 
virtually and in person. So I will continue to give that a lot of thought and attention um, because I intend to um, learn myself and get better and, and offer something better for the people that I'm teaching. Amazing. Stunning. Wow. Um, okay, I mean, we could talk for hours, but I feel like you touched on everything I wanted to hear about, and I think this is a beautiful short package of everything that you represent, so just thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Maddie. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Take care.